Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Leslie and I are going to minister in Honduras for 10 days and thank you for your prayers, not only protection, but that God will be with us and use us in ministering to the people. So our absence is going to be your blessing. So over 20 years, we made 130 guest speakers in to make speaking tours for them. And they made 330 DVDs, most of which are available at WatchProphecyClub.com. So what we're going to do today is play about 30 minutes of one of those DVDs. And what we think are probably the top 10 or 11 DVDs that we've made. And so you're going to get a real treat. These are really good. And you can go and watch all of them at WatchProphecyClub.com. And I... Uh, think if you'll go and check there. We, we, here, here, let me just explain. So Prophecy Club started in 1993. 130 guest speakers, 330 recordings. You can watch them all at watchprophecyclub.com. We sponsored them on speaking tours anywhere from 10 to, at one time, we were having 40 meetings a month. Though no, I did run all of them. And uh, at one time, we had three different tours going with three different speakers. So we were... Uh, at one time, we had about 5,000 people typically every month attending our meetings. And in those days, this was before there were other large prophecy ministries. I think at the time we were the number two prophecy ministry in America, second only in those days to Jack Van Impey. Uh, what we've done is chosen 11, me and the staff, chosen 11 of what we think are the best recordings over the last 20 years. So we're going to be playing 30 minutes out of each one of those recordings. Most of them are two-and-a-half-hour recordings. Some of them are doubles, which would be five hours. Normally, we offered them for $30 per DVD. And yes, if you want to go to prophecyclub.com, you can still get the DVD. And we are offering uh, all 11 of these recordings on DVD for a gift of $100. You can get that at prophecyclub.com. Now let's talk about Watch Prophecy Club. So all of these are put up so you can watch them. And, by the way, we now have an app so you can watch them easily. You can go to Prophecy Club and you can watch the Prophecy Club. Or you can go to Watch Prophecy Club. You can go and watch all of these DVDs. Or you can download our app. And the way the app works is that you can be watching a DVD. And then if you get a phone call, it pauses it. When it's done, it starts playing again. Introducing the Watch Prophecy Club app now available for your Android and iOS devices. Watch Prophecy Club is your exclusive home for the last 30 plus years of the best in Bible prophecy and end times information from the Prophecy Club. This app features over 100 speakers and 23 categories of Prophecy Club titles since the beginning. We are also excited to announce an integrated community feature where you can interact with other believers and Bible prophecy students. Choose either a monthly or annual subscription with a three-day free trial. Cancel anytime. So let's back up and talk about Watch Prophecy Club. It's $20 a month. There's no commitment. You can stop anytime you want to. Or $200 a year. But if you'll put in TPC 2023 right there, you'll get the first month free, meaning you can watch all 11 of these for free, as long as you did it the first month. And if you put in TPC 2023Y, 20, 
you get a one-year plan for $180. You get $20 off. That's a really good deal. <laughs> Never thought it'd be such a good deal. Anyway, normally $30 each, but you can get all 11 of these recordings for a gift of $100. Prophecyclub.com for that. If you want to watch them instantly, you go to watchprophecyclub.com, or the best way is simply download our app. You just go to the App Store, and it's either Apple or Android, and you can download the app, and that is probably the easiest, fastest way, most convenient way to, to watch them. All right, now, let me explain about the meetings. Typically, we would have anywhere from about 100 to the maximum we had at one meeting, which was Dimitri Dudeman. We had 1,000 people at one of his meetings. And so we would have them in a television studio where we could make you nice recordings, nice professional recordings, at least professional compared to those days. Now, we do a much better job today. And today's talk is oil, the road to Armageddon. Now, I met Hayseed Stevens and fell in love with this guy. As a matter of fact, he actually took me to Israel, paid all my expenses, and he took me to a spigot sticking out of the ground at the southwest end of the Dead Sea where him and three other guys uh, attempted to find oil for Israel back then. So I know one of the places I want to drill. But anyway, let me explain. So he made a DVD called Oil the Road to Armageddon, which you can watch the entire thing, and I highly recommend you do so, at watchprophecyclub.com. His name is Hayseed Stevens. He was a part-time pastor and a full-time oil man. Find out how the discovery of oil in Israel, listen carefully, will change the world forever. Hayseed Stevens is an international oil man who, was prayed with, who prayed with Menachem Begum, Yitzhak Shamir, and Benjamin Netanyahu. God supernaturally showed him the largest oil field in the world is located at the southwest end of the Dead Sea. He said it may, I believe it will, dry the wells of the Arabs and could cause the invasion of Israel and thus the invasion of America. So a little bit of personal insight here. So after he came back, he got the Bible, said, God, if this is true, it's got to be in the Bible. He found 17 verses in the Bible that say, says, in the last days, massive amounts of oil would be found in Israel. Well, when I took it up, and I'll, I'll skip that story as a long story, but when God called me to do this, I started researching. I found 33 scriptures that say, yes, in the last days, massive amounts of oil will be discovered in Israel. Right now, let's go listen to Hayseed Stevens speak on oil, the road to Armageddon. Welcome to the Prophecy Club, where we study and research Bible prophecy. Our topic tonight is oil, the road to Armageddon. Our speaker has earned the right to talk on it because he has been an independent oil producer for the last 39 years in a time when independent oil producers are mostly out of business. And he's been 70% successful in drilling those oil wells, and that, of course, speaks that God is in it right there. He's made 51 trips to Israel, and some 15 of those have been at the request of Israeli government officials, such as Yitzhak Shamir, Menachem Begin, Benjamin Netanyahu, and Ariel Sharon, and many of which he has even prayed with. Will you help me welcome Hayseed Stevens? Thank you, Brother Stan. It's a, it's a blessing to be here, and I'm excited about what God's going to share tonight with, uh, with all of us. You know, when uh, I have an opportunity to share like this, uh, I receive revelation knowledge also. So it's not that I 
am trying to tell you that I know everything. I, I, I certainly don't. But what I know, we're going to be able to share with you tonight. So, uh, have you come expecting tonight? Amen. Uh, as I shared a while ago, I, I'm excited about a live audience. Uh, one that is absolutely uh, ready to uh, receive the things of the Lord. Uh, tonight, I want to do it a little bit different. I, uh, I've got a lot of information, and I want to start off uh, uh, with something that I believe the world needs to know, the United States needs to know, I'm not for sure that they do know. Now, one thing for sure, in, in the oil business, we study uh, formations, we study uh, the trends of the oil, we, we, we watch the markets, and uh, we do everything we can to be on top of uh, the whole situation. One thing for sure, one thing for sure is we've been looking to find out how much oil there is and has been discovered in America. In America today, there's 1.1 trillion barrels of crude oil that has been discovered that's recoverable. Now, you say, wow, that's a lot of oil. And it is a lot of oil. But the rate we're using it, it's really not that much. And the important thing is not how much it is. The important thing is who controls it. What I'd like to point out to you is that 65% of all of the oil discovered in the world is controlled by the Arabs in the Middle East. They control 600 billion barrels of that oil. And the thing that we really need to think about is when you go ahead and throw in the other Islamic nations, such as uh, Indonesia, uh, the northern countries in Africa, then they control 880 billion barrels of the 1.1 trillion barrels that's discovered recoverable in the world today. Now, we can just let that speak for itself. But the thing that I want to point out to you is our land, America. We only control less than 3% of the oil in the world, in the United States. Now think of that. Today, today we used 17 and a half billion, excuse me, 17 and a half million barrels of oil today in the United States. That's a lot of oil. The world used 75 million barrels of oil. So, as you can see, that is cutting into the market. But the important thing is, what is happening? What is happening and what would happen if all of a sudden some people that control the major wealth of the world decided to turn the valves? We found out what would happen. You remember 1973? Can any Remember 1973? We had long, long gasoline lines. How did we have long gasoline lines? Because at that particular time we were in the business and all of a sudden oil began to shoot up because there wasn't oil coming in. Listen, at that time America was only importing 23% of, of, of the use, oil use a day. Do you have any idea what we're using today? 
Matter of fact, in 1990, uh, the government said, look, we're going to pass a law, and if we ever get to using 50% import here in the United, imported oil in the United States daily, we are absolutely going to blow bells and whistles and shut everything down and say, man, we got to drill, we got to do whatever it takes to catch up. Well, in February of this year, we hit the 50% mark. Has anybody heard anything about it? Last month, last month, we imported 53% of the oil that we used here in the United States. Why am I telling you this? It's because we, here in the United States, are in trouble. I think it possibly might be by design. Because we are moving toward the new world order in a rapid, rapid way. Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, said the other day something very significant. He said, you know, he said, uh, we cannot afford to give away the Golden Heights because most people think for military purposes and defense, and that is certainly a consideration, but the main reason is because of the watershed. And we receive 30% of our watershed from the Golden Heights. And if we lose 30% of our watershed, we're in a heap of trouble. Well, as I read that, it, and he said, we can't live without water. And we all know that's true. But then something kind of moved inside me, and, 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 and what it was was, we, we can't live without water, but we can't exist as we are today without oil. We are a world that has become totally dependent upon oil. You couldn't have been here tonight without oil. I couldn't have been here tonight without oil. The world couldn't run without oil. Oil. We couldn't have these lights without oil. So we are an oil-dominated world. And oil runs the world. Now, I believe with all my heart that the world extortion is already here. Think about it. The oil extortion of the world has already begun. It began way back there, but bring it up to date, 1973. Do you realize that from 1973 to 1981, the price of oil increased, now listen, increased 1,000%. And guess what? The people said nothing. Because we had rather pay the price to get to do what we want to do rather than say, hold it, wait a second. We're not going to go for that any longer. Now then, We've been up and down, up and down. The next time oil really uh, came into significance was in 1979. Do you realize what happened in 1979? There was a peace treaty made with Israel and Egypt. Israel had finally discovered in 1977 a major oil field down on the Sinai, the tip of the Sinai, called the Alma Field. And they were forced and pressured to give that up for peace. And we all know that peace has never manifested. Then again, in 1986, the price of oil plummeted. I can remember in, in uh, 1981, we thought the price of oil was going to go to $100 a barrel. But some things happened. Some powers to be decided to change it, and 
In the spring of 86, it dropped to $8 a barrel. That was very significant because it put most of us independents out of business. And it put 90% of the workforce of the oil industry out of business. We had better get ready for the greatest oil crisis the world has ever seen because it is on the way. Then again, 1991, can anybody remember the Persian Gulf? Why was that war fought? It wasn't over. It wasn't because we all of a sudden said, well, we don't want... Uh, uh, those those, those uh, individuals over there being hurt. If that were the case, we'd be in Sudan, we'd be in many places all over the world, wouldn't we? But no, it was fought over oil. Why? Because we wanted our standard of living to continue, to continue. So we were extorted by the oil. We had to go protect ourselves because 30% of our daily supply of oil comes from Saudi Arabia comes right out of that Persian Gulf. Now then, 1996. Last year, the Saudis killed 25 of our best troops, or they were killed in Saudi. 200 were injured, wounded. Can somebody tell me what has been done about it? We tried to send our FBI over, and they sent them back. We said, we believe now that Iran has uh, probably been behind this attack. And if that's so, we're going to retaliate. And Iran sent word back the next day, you do, and we will close the Strait of Hormos where 20% of the world's supply of oil goes through every day. Then what you going to do? Not only that, January, the weekend of January 18, 19, they they took delivery on the third nuclear sub from Russia and they have threatened to mine the whole Persian Gulf where 60% of the known oil of the world is there. I said a while ago and I want to reiterate the greatest oil crisis in the world is about to happen. Now the theme that we're going to talk about tonight is oil being discovered in Israel. You see, when oil is discovered in Israel, that will be the road to Armageddon. We're excited about oil being discovered in Israel. I'm not excited about Armageddon, but I am excited about that. Let me go back and, and bring you up to date now and, and, and so that you can understand where I'm coming from. I was born out in West Texas. Does anybody know where West Texas is? Does anybody know where Abilene, Texas is? Does anybody know where Ty, Texas is? Nobody's hand goes up. Well, there's no need me asking if you know where outside Ty is in. Now, that's, that's where I grew up, right outside of Ty, Texas. Grew up on a real uh, little dry land farm and uh, grew up picking cotton and and breaking horses and, and, and uh, combining wheat and so forth. And uh, I, my first major decision was after I graduated from seventh grade because the school that I grew up in uh, only had two rooms. One room was the first, second, and taught the first, second, and third grades. One teacher did that. 
The other room taught the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh grades. One teacher did that. And he was a retired Southern Baptist preacher, and he got hung up on Proverbs, where it says, spare the rod and spoil the child. Well, I promise you, I didn't get spoiled. Uh, but I, we did have several visits. But when I graduated in the seventh grade, I had my first major decision. That was whether to stay there with my father and, and help uh, on the farm and the ranch or, or transfer into Abilene, Texas, and get my education. Well, I went out in the barn. Has anybody ever picked cotton here? No hands go up. Well, this little far north. One hand went up. Well, I went out there, and, and it's a very hard job, and I put on all the cotton sacks. I tried all of them, and I think we had about 12 cotton sacks out in the barn, and every cotton sack I put on hurt my back. So I made the only wise decision any red-blooded American boy could make. I transferred into Abilene to further my education. I had really kind of forgot that we would, I would be the first one picked up on the bus route. We lived so far away. And so that, they picked me up at 20 minutes until 7 every day. I rode the bus for an hour and 20 minutes. That was after I'd milked the cow, slopped the hogs, fed the chickens, cleaned up, ate breakfast, and got ready to go to school. So, uh, uh, but in that period of time, uh, in Abilene, Texas, we had some great football teams, and uh, a little thing, different things happened, and I'll never forget, and I don't want to belabor this, but uh, back in those days, there was discipline, discipline. And as I walked out the door that first morning, my mama grabbed hold of me and said, Ernest Terrell, if you go up to that town school and you, you bring uh, uh, reproach to our name, she said, I'm going to whip you the two before. And she meant it. And she would have done it. And uh, anyhow, when I got to town, uh, all of a sudden, there's a voice came out of a little old box and said, would Ernest Harold Stevens come to the office? And I said, uh-oh, I'm already in trouble. Just sit down. And, and I went in there, and I needed to fill out a biographical information sketch, which uh, my mama had failed to do back when she was, uh, when I was in second grade. Because in a little town, we only had 47 people. So we, we didn't, we didn't uh, uh, everybody knew everybody's business. Well, I just want to share that, that I come from that background. Well, I filled that thing out, and I got down to the last sentence. And the last sentence says, uh, church preference. Now, remember, I'm coming from the country. I just, uh, 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 well, I didn't know what church preference meant. I mean, I knew what church meant, but I didn't know what preference meant. So I went to the principal, and I said, would you please help me? Uh, understand what this means, church preference, church preference, what does that mean? He looked at me like, you know, what a little dummy I got here. He said, what kind of church do you like? I said, well, I like a red brick. But uh, <laughs> needless to say, that wasn't the answer, that wasn't the answer they was looking for. So uh, I finally put down Southern Baptist and they let me go back to my room. And, uh, but the word got out and so the people said, well, they started teasing me about being in a hayseed in which I qualified that summer. We went to the Pony League World Series in Washington, Pennsylvania. Sports writer went along, and anyhow, that's how I got my name Hayseed. But I want you to know that coming from that background has helped me in life because it taught me discipline, taught me perseverance. It taught me don't, don't quit until the job is finished. And I praise God for my mom and my daddy. So uh, with that, uh, I went to church every time the door opened, and I ended up going to Hardin Simmons University uh, so I could major in religious education at Southern Baptist School, but also so I could play football under Slingman Sammy Ball. Went there, and we had some fine teams. But my freshman year, I made the varsity, and in my freshman year, I learned to drink, I learned to smoke, I learned to raise hell in all different ways. And I want you to know, I am so easily addicted. I tell you what, I got addicted to everything in the world. But 20 years later, I found Jesus Christ, and now I'm addicted to him. Praise God.
So uh, God is good. <clears throat> January 58, I uh, changed my major from religious education to physical education. I knew in the Word of God it said, I would that you be hot or cold since you're neither. You make me sick at my stomach, and I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. And one thing I didn't want, I didn't want God to be sick at me, so I made the wrong decision. I got cold, and for 20 years, I stayed cold. Man, I tell you what, we made lots of money in the oil business, uh, but I found out that you, you, if you had a bank account there in Las Vegas, it wasn't no good to make it in Texas and take it to Vegas to deposit it because uh, the Golden Horseshoe and the Golden Nugget was not a good place to deposit that money. It didn't have a very good returns. But I was up and down four times. January 16, 1978, beside my bed one morning, I got my Bible, and I'd gone busted the fourth time, lost $2.6 million in three months, and many more in oil reserves, and, and I'd had it. And I got on my knees, and, and, and three times earlier in my life, at 9, 12, and 16, I'd gone down the sawdust trails and uh, took the preacher's hand, spoke the right words. But my tongue was not connected to my heart, it was connected to my head. And uh, I hoped it worked, but three times it never worked. But that morning, as God led me through his word, in John chapter 20 and 21, God began to deal with me and move with me. And, and that morning, I said, God, today I'll accept you by faith. I'll accept you by faith. And that day, I accepted him. January 16th, 1978, 9.30 in the morning. My wife says in her testimony, she got out of bed that morning with one man and went back to bed that night with another man. That's exactly what happened, and I give God all the praise and glory. I was totally delivered because he touched me. And when we let him touch it, us by faith, it happens. I evangelized for two years all over the world, and at that, that day I told God, I said, if you want me to stay right here in, in uh, Willow Park, Texas, and, and uh, witness for you, I'll do that. Or if you want me to go to the North Pole, sit in the North Pole on, with, with a bikini on, I'll do that. Be careful what you ask God. Or tell him, make a commitment, because eight months later I was in Prudhoe Bay, Alaska, 60 degrees below zero, holding a revival. But he did let me wear some clothes. I've shared all that to share. For two years I evangelized, stayed in the Word, ate it night and day, and then God called me back into the oil business. And uh, miraculously, I didn't have a lease, I didn't have any money, and God miraculously supplied the money, supplied the lease. And on January 16, 1980, my second spiritual birthday, God let us find a flowing oil well that came in 120 barrels a day. It was 83 degrees that day. We surrounded the well, uh, me and my partners, prayed about it, gave it back to God. The Lord showed me the vision that there'd be 20 oil wells on that lease. Well, God's a God of El Shaddai. 20 means redemption. He gave us 22. Some of them are still producing. But that got me back started and uh, started with a pretty good boom. Then in minding my own business, and, and the phone rang one day, and, and uh, it, the voice on the phone said, uh, uh, Mr. Stevens, we have been watching you and observing you, and, and uh, we would like to invite you to go pray with Prime Minister Menachem Begin in Israel. And I said, well, man, I'm busy. He said, what? You're too busy to go pray with a Prime Minister? And I said, man, I'm busy. And I said, I don't know if that's what God wants me to do. And so uh, I said, but I'll pray about it. I said, I'll call you back by noon tomorrow. Well, I prayed about it. 
the next morning, my wife and I got on her knees and right beside her bed, and I took her hand, and we prayed about it, and, and, and guess what I got? Nothing. <laughs> so, so, so I went back to the office, and at 11.30, my secretary came in and said, Mr. Stevens, uh, you told this man that you'd call him by noon. And I said, yeah, but I don't know what to tell him, so you go call him. And uh, she said, well, no, nah, I can't call him. You've got to call him. I said, well, get him on the phone. So she did, and I started talking to him. As I was talking, God gently nudged me. It wasn't no big overwhelming deal, but he kind of gently nudged me and said, go ahead and go. Well, I went, and uh, on May 30th, 1982, we were ushered in to see Prime Minister Menachem Begin. Little did we know the significance of the whole group. There was 12 of us, 12 spirit-filled Christian businessmen. But more significantly, little did I know the significance. And when we went in, I always wear a white hat, like that one laying over there. And I'd bought a brand new white hat. <coughs> Excuse me. I bought a brand new white hat to go on that trip. And uh, so I walked in and just set it on the Knesset table. I wasn't thinking. And uh, Mr. Bagan came in, and he was a little bit uptight because he hadn't uh, uh, been around a room full of just spirit-filled Christian businessmen. And so he tried to break the ice a little bit by making a joke. And he says, well, I must tell you, there's only one hour a week that my nation is concerned about their national defense. That's the hour that Dallas is on. Well, we kind of snickered a little bit. And God spoke to my heart. Has anybody ever heard God speak to the heart? God spoke to my heart and said, give him your hat. Guess what I said? Devil, get out of my life. <laughs> he said, no, it's me, God. Give him your hat. And I said, but God, I feel naked without a hat. He said, give him your hat. I said, yes, sir. So I gave him my hat. And Mr. Bagan took it and put it on. And, and, and the man that was running the, the meeting said, Mr. Bagan, this is Hayseed Stevens, an independent oil man from right outside of Dallas, Texas. Wants to give you a hat from Dallas. So he took it and he put it on. And then I heard in my spirit him say, Well, maybe you should be the one to come find oil for us in Israel. I brought along a little picture that was taken off of a video. And uh, the hat is laying there right in front of Prime Minister Begin. You can't see it real good. I'm right down at the end of the table there. And uh, uh, that was what got started, my quest for oil in Israel. Now then, what I'd like to do, I'd like to start off by saying, if you got your Bibles, please go to Genesis 1, because the first thing that we want to get into your spirit tonight and lay the, front, the groundwork on this is that Oil has been very, very significant ever since creation. And in Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning, in the beginning, God created heaven and earth. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Now, God prepared formed, fashioned, and created the heavens and the earth, and God blessed them, male and female, said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it using all of its vast resources. Now I'm going to do a little preaching, a little teaching as we go along here, because listen to me. God, and think about it, God never, ever, ever created one barrel of oil, one gold nugget, one ounce of silver, or one ounce of platinum for the devil. Hello? Amen. 
He created for God's people so that God's people could take the gospel throughout the world. Now tell me, who has the majority of it today? Why? Because we have not really believed that. We haven't believed that. We, we thought that we're supposed to be poor. I'm here to tell you we're not supposed to be poor. We're supposed to be rich in things, stuff, resources, so that we can take the gospel throughout the world. Not for our goods. That we've already proved. If we get rich for ourselves, we'll go right straight to hell. Money will send you to hell if it's your God. But if God is your God and you have tremendous wealth, and that's what God is looking for, men and women who will stay before him to get their hearts pure so that they can handle supernatural wealth because he's fixing to turn it loose. It's coming into the system so that we can take the gospel throughout the world. And we have a precedence. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, subdue it, using all its vast resources in the service of God and man. Can somebody tell me what uh, petroleum means? You can see it right up there. Petra means rock. Oleum means oil. Rock oil. Oil out of the rock. And that will be important because we will get to that here in just a moment. Now then, I want to move on, but I want to move this right over here, and then I want to put the next slide up, and we have, if, if we can get a close-up of this, right here. Has anybody ever heard of Dr. Carl Ball? Dr. Carl Ball, this is his drawings, and Dr. Carl Ball and I uh, in total agreement with, with what happened in creation. In creation, we all know in the earth, at the center of the earth, we're talking about 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. That's hot. Now, something has got to contain that heat or we're going to absolutely burn up. We're going to burn up. Now, what happened? 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit. What happens in your car if you don't have any oil and you drive it? It burns up, doesn't it? It burns up. Well, the same thing would happen here. So God, through the methane, that's being produced there, it produces hydrocarbons, it produces oil. Oil, crude oil, is produced under the mantle of the earth. And there is a swaddling band of oil, we believe, a swaddling band of oil that encompasses all this heat to contain it. Now, around that oil, just like your car, there's a radiator. There's a swaddling band of water. And then there is the mantle of the earth. Now, this picture is pre-Noic flood. And the reason I want to share this is because it sets up the whole thing that we're talking about as far as oil in Israel is concerned. During this period of time, there was a firmament. And the firmament was water. And the firmament filtered out the sunlight to let the optimum rays come through. The optimum temperature, what we had was just a huge hydroponic place. God's garden all over the world. Now, <coughs> in, in hydroponics, we know that we also don't control the above-ground atmosphere, but we control the temperature in the water. Now, so consequently, the cracks in the mantle of the earth allowed the water to percolate. And it would move up, do its job, water heat to the right temperature, and then circulate back down. Move up and circulate back down. 
until Genesis 7. In Genesis 7, the 11th verse, it spells it out very clearly. It says about the flood, the Noah flood. God said, Noah, get in the boat. Get in the boat. And it says, water burst forth out of the deep. Water burst forth. It broke up and burst forth out of the deep. And here's what I believe happened. Dr. Ball believes this. We've talked about it. It burst forth, and there was a great explosion, and this firmament was there, held in place through surface tension. And it says in the Bible that there was windows came in the firmament, and it began to rain. It had never rained. So with the, the my, my twins call it the explosion. When it had a explosion, it it all the debris and part of the <coughs> the crust and the mantle of the earth and all the steam and oil exploded and it knocked holes in the firmament and it began to rain. So we know that it took 40 days for this rain to come down. So the firmament isn't there anymore, is it? It hadn't been there for about, what is it? About, uh, about uh, 5,000 years. Now, when that happened, that was an act of God. And he used the resources in which to do that. So let's move on, and I'll show you, I'll show you in Genesis 1, excuse me, Genesis 49, 1, it says, Jacob called all of his sons together and said, Gather yourselves together around me so that I may tell you what shall befall you in the latter or last days. It took me about 20 minutes to make these two loaves in my kitchen at an ingredient cost of about $12 each. In a time of food shortage and emergency, I'm going to cut each one of these loaves into 14 slices. Eat a slice in the morning and the afternoon, I'll be satisfied. You want long-term food storage? You want to cut your food costs? Here it is. Eat two whole wheat bread slices daily for about a year for about $800 each. JosephKitchen.com's wheat berries come in a nitrogen-infused 7-gallon pail for long-term storage. Most other emergency food costs about $10,000 per person per year. That's right, about $10,000 per person per year. But at Joseph Kitchen, you could do it for about $1,000 per person per year. Now... To get started at josephkitchen.com, you're going to need a machines package. That's going to give you the grinder, the bread machine, the knife slicer, all you need to make bread, and then you decide how much food you want to get. You want food six people one year, four people one year, two people one year, or just one person for a year, all at josephkitchen.com. About $1,000 per person per year at josephkitchen.com. Use the promo code PROPHECYCLUB. Get you a $50 discount. JosephKitchen.com, promo code Prophecy Club for a $50 discount on your first order. 